the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 30 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning trust and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, Attorney Bob Bergman. Well, good afternoon, Bay Area. Attorney Bob Bergman here, host of Plan Your Estate Radio, broadcasting from my office here in San Jose. Well, I had my second Moderna shot this week, this past Tuesday. Aside from having uh, quite a bit of soreness in the uh, muscle of my upper arm, I didn't have any other effects of that second shot. So I didn't uh, get flu-like symptoms or anything else like that. So I count myself to be one of the fortunate ones that it did not go through that. Uh, it would not have been fun dealing with that in addition to um, dealing with uh, slowly but surely getting better from the stroke I had about six weeks ago. Um, I kind of um, numbed the left side of my body and I'm still getting the use of my left hand back. But I'm otherwise doing fine. One major side benefit of having this stroke is I massively changed my eating habits uh, to in order to deal with that. And I'm very happy to say that uh, my diabetes is slowly but surely getting under control. Uh, I made a great leap forward uh, with that. And my high blood pressure is getting under control and is now down in the normal range. So sometimes adversity in your life can lead to positive outcomes, and that's what I'm experiencing right now is positive outcomes as I get healthier and healthier, taking better care of myself with diet and exercise and uh, various um, prescribed medications, that I'm not taking a huge quantity of. So so that's what I'm dealing with right now. And uh, just to let you know, I am working. As I said, I'm in my office right now. <clears throat> I work uh, typically about one-half to two-thirds of a day each day uh, before I call it quits for the day. But I am taking on new clients. If you're interested in having a free consultation on estate planning, you can always visit my website at lawbob, L-A-W-B-O-B dot com. And you can actually book an estate planning consultation through my website. You can also book a consultation for um, estate and trust administration. If you have someone who passed away and you're the successor trustee of their trust, and now you're in charge of making sure that everything gets taken care of and their wishes are carried out, I can assist with that. 
with all of the legal sides, uh, the, the legal things that need to be done, and I can also assist with providing quality um, accountancy services with outside accountants that I refer my clients to. Um, and I can handle administration pretty much from anywhere in California. I can also do estate planning for anyone within California because we can do all meetings through um, online meetings. We could exchange critical and sensitive confidential information through a secure Dropbox, uh, passing things back and forth in a secure manner. So I can assist uh, you here in the Bay Area. I could assist another family member who lives in some other part of California, um, you know, such as down in Los Angeles or San Diego County or further up north or out in the Central Valley. I can assist people anywhere in the state of California because I'm licensed to do that. So don't think just because I'm not where you're at, I can't help you. I can certainly help you. I have helped a number of clients that way, working largely remotely, and uh, it can be done so that uh, when everything's ready to go, I can ship everything to you with instructions on how to get everything signed and get your estate plan in effect. I also help families that have special needs family members by setting up a supplemental needs trust for them, either while uh, you're still alive or ones in your estate plan that are triggered at your death so that you have now assets left in trust to take care of that special needs family member. That's something else that, that I do fairly regularly, and I pride myself on uh, being able to assist families in those situations. Now, um, some hopefully good news. I'm looking at bringing back some of my live Living Trust seminars. I'm looking at a location right now that is about half a mile from my office. It's a large meeting room, about a 1,000 square feet. I'm um, finding out from them what their capacity is for meetings in a room that size. I need to find out from the location uh, just how many people I could invite to a live seminar. Uh, I'm also uh, getting ready to roll out uh, online seminars, webinars, uh, maybe a couple that will be live in person, and then others that will be put up so that they can be viewed at any time on demand. And I am also putting together, and uh, hopefully we'll have um, able to be uh, uploaded and broadcast in a showtime here, a uh, shorter version of my Living Trust seminar that will be designed to fit into the format of my show, which means roughly 42 minutes or so of actual presentation. Um, I'm going to be recording it in my office and assembling it in my office and then uh, uploading it to the radio station so that they can assemble it for a show. And then it will be available to be rebroadcast every now and then, uh, both when I need to take a break and when I think it's time to uh, get that information out to people once more. And that way I will have a, a set show that is clearly not live because it will say it's not live 
and it will be um, a Living Trust seminar done in the format of my show. I will also have a link available on my website to download a PDF with all of the slides that uh, I'm using for that presentation so that you could uh, download the PDF and actually follow along with the presentation in the PDF, or you could go to the podcast um, at kdow.biz and actually um, listen to the podcast there after having downloaded the the slides so that you can uh, look at that and follow along and listen to it as many times as you want. Uh, Rewind it if you wish. Share it with other family members and friends and colleagues at work. And uh, I'm trying to get as much information out to people as possible. And I find that using the medium of my radio show and also um, my uh, my ability to do online on-demand webinars as well as my live seminars, I try to bring information to as many people as possible in as many formats as possible. And hopefully, uh, once I get these all rolled out, You'll take advantage of one or more of those. Um, I am interested in returning back to live seminars here in San Jose. It's been uh, well over a year since I did one, since we were shut down. And uh, I love live seminars. I think that the energy can be great and people get a chance to ask their questions as well. Okay, we're coming up on the first break of the show today when we come back. I will continue with the format of my show with questions and answers from around the state of California. You can also call in at 800-516-1220 if you would like to have a conversation with me on the air. This is Attorney Bob Bergman, and I'll see you on the other side of this first break today. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio. Once again, your host, estate planning trust and probate law specialist, attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back to the second segment of the show today. I'm going to jump right in with questions and comments from around the state of California. See if I can't uh, shed some light on some situations that people are dealing These are actual situations that people are dealing with, by the way. I'm not making these things up um, and... I know sometimes people probably wonder, am I just making these situations up? It's not the case. These are actual situations from around California that people are dealing with right now. So here's one. Says, my brother, the successor trustee of my parents' trust, has disappeared with $1.3 million. He sold my parents' house a month ago. Um, says, my brother and I are part of a family trust where he is the trustee of the trust. A house in the trust recently sold. I had to look online to see it was even for sale and sold. It's been a month. No word, no letters. His phone is disconnected and no address. What should I do? Well, it sounds like this is a classic case of someone embezzling funds. If he was the trustee, he's put in charge. If he sold the property, took the money, 
pocketed and took off. About all you could do at this point is hire a private investigator and see if you can track that SOB down. And yes, I did say SOB. Uh, This is a a particularly scurrilous thing for someone to do, uh, to basically take off with the inheritance of a sibling, uh, steal it, basically. It's not only violating the trust laws, it's probably a criminal act as well. Uh, I would report this to the police. I would hire a private investigator. I would do whatever uh, search services you can find to try and track this person down and see if you can figure out where he went. And once you find him, sue him, maybe even file suit right now where you're at, file a lawsuit against him for uh, conversion, for embezzlement, and to have him removed as the trustee, and then see if you can't find him, get him served, and uh, and or maybe even the police involved, um, if there's a warrant that you can be outstanding for his arrest, that would be a way to find him wherever he is, if he's in the States, perhaps have him extradited back here to California. This is out of San Diego, by the way. So um, hopefully this is not something in the water down there in San Diego that caused uh, this person's brother to act this way. But uh, I can tell you that this is not uh, as uncommon a situation as people might think it is. So um, that's um, that's that's really um, really all I could say about that one. Okay, uh, here someone said, My wife bought our house prior to our marriage. We've lived in the house for almost 14 years. Now she wants to add my name to the deed and title. We were told we need to file a quit claim in order to do this. Do we need a real estate attorney or is this just something that only needs to be notarized? I would say you probably should have this prepared by either a real estate attorney or possibly an estate planning attorney could do it as well. Uh, I could assist with something like this. Uh, Really, um, it's a fairly straightforward thing to do. You probably could not find a title company to do it anymore because as a general rule, they don't really prepare deeds anymore unless there's an active escrow involved where they can charge escrow fees to uh, handle, for example, the sale of a property or the refinance of a property. And uh, so that is that is um, kind of what we need to do there. Okay, let's see, look at the next one here. Okay, here's a simple intestate case out of Los Angeles. Intestate means that the person died without a will. It says here, I'm the only child and sole heir at law. The estate consists of real property and bank accounts. The real property is free and clear of any secured debt. There's no other secured debts, obligations, or liens. Property tax is up to date and paid. All unsecured debts, uh, for example, credit cards, have been paid and closed. I have no intention of selling the property as it is my current residence. The only remaining liabilities are utilities and insurance. Probate notes recommend 
posting a bond for the total estate amount for full independent um, administration of Estates Act authority. Now, I'm aware a hearing is typically required in such cases, but is there anything I can do or demonstrate to the court to obtain a waiver of the bond as the personal administrator and sole heir to the estate? Um, I would go to the hearing and I would basically say to the court, Your Honor, I'm the sole heir. I'm the administrator. There are no debts of the estate. We just need to get through this process. Just uh, ask the court. Uh, The judge is the one who ultimately makes the decision. Probate notes are notes given by a court attorney that works for the court. And the court attorney might be just going by a set of standard protocols. But the judge always has the discretion to not enforce some local rule or protocol and not require you to post a bond for the full amount. Um, It seems like this would be a a classic case. I, I would say also maybe file a waiver of bond uh, paperwork with the court prior to the hearing. Bring it to the attention of the of the court that you filed that, and and maybe the judge will waive that requirement. I think this is a good basis for waiving the requirement uh, based on the person being the sole heir and um, and their uh, not being any outstanding debts. Okay. Um, so here says, I'm an adult that wants to change my last name to my stepfather's last name. How much would this cost me? Well, this is something you could probably do on your own. Um, your stepfather would not have to agree to this because you can go to court and change your last name to anything you want to. Um, if you're doing this as a way to kind of honor your stepfather, that's great. Uh, he doesn't have to agree to it. You can go to court on your own. Many courts have self-help paperwork, um, and even places you can talk to that will help you fill out the paperwork so that you can actually do this name change, uh, without having to get an attorney involved. And that will keep your costs down as well. So I am available to call in today. It's 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. If no one calls in today, I will continue with more Plan Your Estate Radio. This is your host, Attorney Bob Bergman, broadcasting from San Jose. And I will talk with you after this break at the bottom of the hour today. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. Hi, welcome back. I'm going to continue with more questions and comments from around the state of California. And uh, what I'd like to do is uh, dive right back into this. Here's here's one out of San Diego. And... uh, says, my grandmother granted her home to my mother and uncle as tenants in common back in 2008. Now, tenants in common, I'm going to explain what tenants in common means. That means 
that each person on the title to that house owns a specific percentage ownership interest in that property, owns it in their own individual name. Um, so that means uh, mother and uncle each owned, in this case, without any more information, it's presumed to be 50% ownership in each of them. Now it says the uncle dies. Now grandma wants to change the ownership to joint tenants so that the house all goes to my mom and she can then sell the house to pay for grandma's nursing care. Can my grandmother sign a corrective deed changing the tenancy now? Answer, absolutely not. In fact, grandma could not have done a corrective deed uh, changing the the tenancy from tenants in common to joint tenancy um, because grandma doesn't own the property anymore. Once grandma transferred the title of that property to her daughter and son as tenants in common, grandma no longer owned that property. What's going to happen here is whoever the heirs of the uncle are will end up owning the uncle's half of this property. Uh, whether that is through an intestate probate, whether that's through a testate probate, meaning that the uncle had a will. So this person is probably looking at um, the property being owned by, uh, by a cousin. If the uncle had no children at all, then the uncle's heir is likely going to be grandma and maybe grandpa too if there's still a grandpa around. So the half owned by the uncle may end up coming back to grandma and then grandma, if that's the case, grandma can sell the property along with her daughter selling the other half and then raise the funds to pay for grandma's nursing care. So that's kind of a pretty involved answer, but it's actually one of those questions that I needed to let people know right up front. There's no way for grandma to change how she transferred the title to the property because that was a done deal. Okay. Here's one out of Paris, California. It says, my mother passed away. She was a widow and her only heirs were me and my sister. Can my sister take over mom's mortgage on her house? Says, I believe my sister is to take over the mortgage through successor in interest. Okay, well, it, it, this doesn't say whether mom had a will or not. Um, if she had a will leaving it to her two children, then they have to go through probate and then they'll each own half the property if it's, in fact, an equal division. If she had no will, she dies intestate, and it would pass to her two children in equal shares. But there's no way for the sister to just take over the mortgage as successor in interest um, if she's not the only owner of the property. So um, this is something where there's going to have to be legal action taken, probably court action taken to get all of that sorted out. I want to let you all know again, 
You can call in if you'd like, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. I'll be happy to take your question on the air. But if nobody calls in, I'm just as happy to finish out our show today with some more questions and comments from around the state of California. By the way, um, something I'd like to ask you all out there in the listening audience, if you like the idea of me doing live seminars in San Jose or a webinar that you could um, listen to or me doing a show that is dedicated to a Living Trust seminar, could you please email me at radio at lawbob.com. That's R-A-D-I-O at L-A-W-B-O-B dot com. And give me some feedback on which or all of the three of those options are of interest to you. Um, I'd like to see what kind of interest there would be to me taking any one or all three of these approaches to get out information on living trust planning. And uh, I love hearing from those of you in the audience. It, uh, it, it reminds me that there's a reason why I keep doing this show, and, and that is because there are people out there that I'm reaching, there are people that I'm helping, and hopefully getting some questions answered for you as well. Okay, uh, ooh, this is, a, this is an interesting one. Our father is out of Los Angeles, California. says, our father passed away 12 years ago. Will we get penalized for not going to the county to take care of this since his house is in his trust? When our father was well and alive, my sister got a paper to add to the trust saying that she could live there after he died, and he signed it. She's paying the taxes taxes and mortgage on it still. Here's the problem that you have. Dad died 12 years ago. His house was in a trust. It sounds like the family never told the county of Los Angeles that Dad died. There's actually a legal requirement that a notification of death of real property owner be filed with the county assessor in every county where someone owned real estate. And the notification has to identify the real estate that was owned, and at least it gives a preliminary idea about who is going to be inheriting that real estate and in what percentages. If a trust is involved, the county also is required to be given a copy of the trust so they can look and see whether or not there might be a claim for reassessment of the real property taxes or whether there might be an exclusion from reassessment of the real property taxes. The problem this family might face is once they let the county know that dad died 12 years ago, the county might take the position that the time to apply for any exclusion from reassessment has passed. Now, this is dependent on the county. Los Angeles, I think, is pretty strict about this. So, so this is a problem. And, and, and the longer they wait, the longer and the worse the problem is likely to get. So if you're out there and you have not done this, if you've had a parent that passed away and you're living in the parent's house that's in their trust 
or just living in the parent's house, not in their trust, you're just living there, you really need to take legal action to clear the title of that property so that whoever it's supposed to go to actually ends up on the title, proper ownership, so that they have all the rights to deal with the property going forward. The longer you delay doing that, the more problems there will be down the line if you ever need to do something like sell that property or take out a loan on that property. If you don't actually own the property in your name, you're going to find it virtually impossible to do that without taking the legal action that maybe should have been taken several years ago when a parent passed away. So, next, uh, out of Concord, says, um, My sister wants me to become the trustee of our parents' living trust instead of her. Both of our parents are now deceased. Says, um, Mom just passed away this week, and this was roughly a week ago. Sorry to hear that. Our father is deceased. My sister has a lot on her plate right now and would prefer, would prefer not to be the trustee. She's listed first in the trust as a successor trustee, and I'm listed second. Can she just bow out, or do we need to have some legal amendment made to the trust? Well, what you don't need is an amendment to the trust. What you need is a document where the sister resigns as the successor trustee, and then the other sister acknowledges taking over as the successor trustee, um, I do paperwork like that. It's a, a resignation of of trustee or, or declination to serve as trustee and, um, and then indicating who the successor trustee is. That would be signed, dated, and preferably notarized so that it could be presented anywhere that the second sister needs to go in order to demonstrate that they are in fact now the trustee in charge of the trust because the prior trustee uh, had declined to serve as the trustee. I think it should be notarized because then that indicates that identification has been presented to a notary public um, showing just um, who resigned and they did sign and they did show some identification to show that they were in fact who they indicated that they were. Okay, we're coming up on the third break of our show today. When I come back, I will finish up the show with more questions and comments from around the state of California. Um, again, if you'd like to call in, it's 800-516-1220. But if nobody calls in today, that's fine. I'll just finish out the show the way that I usually do. This is attorney Bob Bergman, and I'll catch you after the break. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back to the final segment of our show today. No calls having come in. We will just, um, we will, we will go ahead and, um, go ahead and finish out the show today with some more questions and comments from around the state of California. Okay, um, let's see. If I have a will, will that ensure my assets are divided according to my wishes? 
All right. I have assets with a value of over $300,000. I'm estranged from both my parents and my two brothers. I want them to get nothing, and they have nothing, so I'm worried if something happens to me, they'll take any steps they can to go after my assets. My will designates everything goes to my fiancé. Do I need a trust, or is there some other way to avoid probate and ensuring my assets go to my fiancé? Um, in a case like this, I don't know. Um, let's see. Um, if you have a will that explicitly disinherits your parents and your brothers, um, they could certainly challenge the will, but I'd only really be concerned about a challenge to the will if there was some evidence that your fiancé is the one that arranged for you to make that will, leaving everything to him or her. Um, what you might want to do in a case like this is actually establish a trust, go to an estate planning attorney, do not have your fiancé with you, have the attorney establish a trust, transfer your assets into the ownership of that trust, leaving everything to your fiancé in that trust. Make sure your fiancé is nowhere near that planning being done. And that way, if there's a challenge to what you did, the attorney becomes a witness that your fiancé had nothing to do with the process, was not exercising undue influence on you or anything else like that. That would be the basis for challenging a will um, or challenging uh, challenging a will or challenging a trust is that someone was being unduly influenced by the person that is the beneficiary. Um, in a case like this, I don't know, you might even want to have language inserted into the trust explaining that you are explicitly disinheriting your parents and your two brothers and maybe even precisely why you're doing that so it's very clear what your intentions are in reference to that. Okay. Why would an attorney recommend a neutral third party be appointed as executor for an estate? Okay. Uh, property which needs to be sold is in probate and has a reverse mortgage. There are two people who filed a petition for probate in order to become the executor. Well, first of all, um, there really would, if there's no will, it would be the administrator, and there might be two people, each of whom have a kind of equal authority under the law to become the administrator. Why would both of their attorneys recommend for them withdraw the petitions and have a third party? I would say if you have two people and they're both trying to be put in charge of the estate, that probably means they are both heirs to the person who died, and that means that if one of them is picked over the other, they probably do not get along, and it's just going to be a big, ugly fight in, in the whole course of the estate. That's why having a third party put in charge of the estate, someone who, as we say, has no dog in the fight, no skin in the game, pick your favorite metaphor, um, that that third party can be, um, can be impartial and do what needs to be done properly 
and uh, is not really beholden to either one of the heirs. And then the heirs um, are not fighting with each over uh, with each other over the administration of the estate itself. So um, we got a couple more minutes to go here and uh, then we'll be done for the day. Let's see if I can get in at least uh, one more situation. Oh, here. Mom passed away recently, only months away from finalizing her divorce. She left a will and a trust, both completely and intentionally, specifically left out her second husband and left my brother and I everything as beneficiaries. The will says she left any and all assets, personal property, anything else that was hers to us. It doesn't mention retirement, Social Security, or life insurance by name, so my brother and I are worried he'll try to take them. Okay, let's address Social Security. Social Security is not something that would be left to children. It's something that a surviving spouse might be entitled to claim if the Social Security benefit of mom was more than that being received by her husband. He could claim the higher amount going forward. If there's a retirement plan or life insurance, that typically has a beneficiary or beneficiaries designated on it, and that would not pass by somebody's will or by somebody's trust, which means that those assets will go to whoever was named as the beneficiary on those assets, not the will or the trust. Okay, we're coming up on the conclusion of the show today. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, again, if you'd like me to do seminars live on the line or otherwise, please email me at radio at lawbob.com and let me know what your thoughts are on that. Until next week, this is attorney Bob Bergman. See you then. Have a great weekend. You're listening to Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com. L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com. Or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of this station and are for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be legal, financial, or tax advice. Seek appropriate legal advice regarding your particular situation. Attorney Bob Bergman does not offer any guarantees with regard to the outcome of your legal matter. Prior results in other cases do not guarantee a similar outcome in your case. All rights reserved.